This is a Radio 191 FM podcast. We are now joined by Trent Smith from the University of Otago's Department of Economics for this week's instalment of Business as Usual on R1 News. Today we're talking about the economy of food, not supermarkets, but door-to-door food services, how they work and how the pandemic has influenced this market. Kia ora, how's it going this morning? Kia ora, I'm well, thanks, Miria. Kia ora, Zach. Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. So Uber's original business model seemed to rely on the taxi market, but now they've taken a decent chunk from the food delivery services as well. How does Uber Eats make its money? Um, Uber, well, Uber Eats charges both the customer and the restaurant, right? So you pay a delivery fee typically with Uber Eats, but they're also taking something like 30% of the price of the food you're paying for. Um, so there, there's definitely money to be made there for Uber Eats. Whether it, whether it winds up being a good deal for the restaurants is another question. They also have to pay their drivers, uh, you know, a, 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 at the very uh, least a minimum wage. Do, are there very, like, tight margins on a business model like that? You know, Uber Eats is pretty young in this country. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't making much in the way of profit yet, right? That's what happens when you're, when you're starting up. Um, uh, in, in the long run, you could expect if they expand and get big enough, they could be making big bucks, right? I mean, 30% of a restaurant purchase can be a lot of money if you if you, uh, if you have economies in scale and, and add it all up. Yeah, 30% is a lot. And Uber Eats is one of the most prolific examples of the gig economy, which may have characterized for being, uh, being exploitative and having little returns for workers. Um, what would you say are some of the more negative aspects of the gig economy? Um, well, so Uber Eats and actually much of the gig, much of the gig economy is um, it's, it's what economists might call a platform monopoly, where mm-hmm. um, Uber Eats is sort of stepping into this market, right, the restaurant business or the restaurant delivery business. Um, I mean, they're really trying to – they're really attempting to peel off – in-person restaurant business, right, and make it all part of their uh, delivery scheme. And platform monopolies in general, I mean, they can be an efficient thing, right? It can be really convenient for you as a consumer to, to um, you know, be able to choose from one menu from all these restaurants. And it can be really – it can also be convenient for restaurants, right, to not have to deal with their own promotion and marketing and just um, have their customers delivered by this – agent. But the problem is is that that tends to hand a lot of power to the person in between, right? So Uber Eats has power that they uh, could abuse if we don't keep an eye on them, I guess. So the, the sort of the big global example is Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. So Amazon is sort of a massive platform monopoly. And they've been um, criticized in the U.S. lately for abuses in their marketplace, right? They essentially own this massive global private marketplace, and they've been caught doing... Th- well, I mean, in general, what a platform monopoly does is it'll uh, sort of squeeze its supply chain, right? They want to deliver low prices to consumers, but uh, part of the way they uh, they do that and recover profits is they squeeze the supply chain. So that means paying their drivers less, right, or, or paying less or, or using their size to negotiate lower rates for shipping, in Amazon's case, mm-hmm. um, you know, pressuring your... Uh, pressuring sellers to lower their prices or to um, give up a larger cut of commission on each sale. Now, there's been no event in Aotearoa or, or the world recent. Sorry, there's been no event so singular um, in the world for the past two years in the pandemic, um, which has you know driven a lot of Kiwis online and 
driven up e-commerce, e- driven up e-commerce quite a lot. How has Uber Eats benefited from the pandemic? Um, oh well, they had a massive boost when when we when everyone's in uh, you know locked up or or even just worried about being infected when they go out, right? So. Um, so they did have a massive boost. Um, they probably still do to some extent, but it's but it's going to end. Yeah. So you do you do wonder how much how much of this will this you know gig economy world will stay with us uh, mm. now that the pandemic's ending. Right. So do you th- expect there to be more delivery services like Uber Eats, so sort of diversifying the market, or that it's becoming a less popular mode of? Um, well, you know, as a as a business model. It can succeed. I mean, the a big part of Uber's business model has been to, um, you know, sort of squeeze their drivers, right? Sort of uh, uh, pay as little as they have to for their drivers, and I'm sure they do that with Uber Eats as well. But they've lately been um, cracked down on more and more by local jurisdictions in the U.S. by states and cities, and um, and and uh, and and here in New Zealand to some extent, in the sense that um, they're. Forced, they're they're often forced to treat their drivers as employees, and so they have to give them, you know, the legal rights that an, that an employee would normally have, um, as opposed to treating them. What what Uber wants to do is treat them in, as those drivers as independent contractors, mm-hmm. which uh, they don't owe anything to except their except their commission. Um, how does Uber Eats compare to more general food services like My Food Bag and things like that? Well. Um, yeah, so my food. I guess my food bag. You could you could also kind of think of that as a platform monopoly. I don't know that they're big enough to have done a lot of abuse in the marketplace yet. <laughs> but uh, but um, yeah, it is sort of one platform that's getting uh, sort of getting between, I guess, supermarkets and customers. Yeah. Right. Um, so you know, these are the these are. I mean. These are the sorts of things that uh, you know our commerce commission should really be keeping an eye on, right? Because you can, like, when these when these uh, you know gig economy businesses get big enough, um, bad things often do happen. They certainly do. And with things like um, my food bag, which now starting to feel a bit of a strain given the Mm. rising prices and supply chain problems, um, are you expecting that? these companies will continue to flourish or become less popular? Like, are the supermarket prices or the my food bag prices going to be more significant to the consumer? Yeah, I mean, if I, if I had to guess, I'd say the my food bag's troubles are probably somewhat temporary, right? It's because mm-hmm. of the, the inflation we've seen in food prices and and uh, less less uh, people, because the pandemic's ending, people are less uh, urgently trying to stay home. And um, But... You know, at the moment where, uh, you know, the economy is, um, you know, we've got this inflation problem, the Reserve Bank's threatening to, threatening us with a recession. And, um, and you know, with the, the inflation we see on food, you know, for people who haven't seen their salaries or their incomes rise uh, as, much as, as much as food prices have, um, it puts a real squeeze on their, on their budgets. And it's, you know, a, for many people, my food bag would be a luxury item that um, gets cut when, when money is tight. So, so that said, you know, I don't expect, I wouldn't expect this, uh, you know, this inflation problem to last forever. It's, you know, it'll eventually be sort itself out um, and the economy will come booming back. And so there's no reason not to expect that, you know, my food bag and Uber Eats will still be around and, and um, you know, have big growth again in the future. 
Cool. Kia ora, Trent. Thank you so much for coming on today to speak about uh, you know Uber Eats and gig economy and whatnot. Thanks so much. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.